Hello and welcome to Talking Indonesia. I am Tito Ambio coming to you from RMIT University, which stands on the land of the Wurundjeri Woi Wurung and Bunurong Bunurong peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nation. In this episode, we'll be talking about something that I was really excited to learn about. As someone who grew up in Bandung in the 90s, um, learning about Islam from mostly conservative teachers, all of them were men, I was always curious about why it was that I didn't get to learn more about Islam from women. Especially since I was lucky to be surrounded by strong, amazing, intelligent women while growing up. They were my role models. So I was very excited to know that Indonesia now has Indonesian Women Muslim Scholars Congress, or KUPI, Congress Ulama Perempuan Indonesia. The first one was held in 2017, and the second one is about to be held this year in November 2022. One of the organizations helping to run this second congress is the Asian Muslim Action Network Indonesia. And I was lucky to be able to speak with its director, Dwi Rubianti Khalifa, or Ruby, as she takes a little break at a cafe from her very, very busy schedule. Ruby, welcome to Talking Indonesia. Thank you very much for joining us. I want to talk about your work with the Asian Muslim Action Network, your involvement with the KUPI, the Indonesian Women Women Ulama Congress. But firstly, can you tell us about yourself? What you know? So you've been writing about Indonesian women in general, but also Indonesian Muslim women specifically. What is it about? Indonesian women in general that inspired you to write write stories and research about them? Mm. So I've been working both as practitioners, also writing, relating with the women's rights situation. Not only women suffering from, you know, discrimination, violence against women, and particularly in the conflict situation, but also my interest to bring the story of change that actually initiated by women. So let's people also aside, think, aside they are witnessing there are so much discrimination and violence against women are going on in our society. We also need to learn how women survive from the way the unique, you know, way how they resist and negotiating within a patriarchal system. So um, my work with Asian Muslim Action Network much more focusing on bringing the, the, the stories of women from conflict-affected area as the baseline for policy advocacy, including to help the government implementing the, some of the program intervention properly from the perspective of women. So we are currently working closely with the Ministry of Women Empowerment to ensure that the implementation of National Action Plan on Women, Peace and Security. So we hope the government ensure that women inclusion are there under the policy and the implementation on conflict prevention and resolution, including tackling preventing violent extremism, 
because we want the government adopt an gender mainstreaming integrated into the policy and also the the program yeah we are very happy that indonesia again can show good example in the region by adopt adoption of the plan of action of the un into national action plan on preventing violent extremism so that's the bigger picture yeah and why why is it important for us to listen hear about the stories of women Okay, our history has been occupied by men, direct or indirect. Yeah, we 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 heard so much a story how men created a change, how men to be or become a game changer in the community or at the national level. We understand that women contributing significantly into our community, but be, but the stories, many of the stories are hidden or by purpose not being shot because of political reason so therefore i i give the my attention to women's story because we want to bring a different voices from the women experience discrimination and also violence against women at the same time the women overcoming a lot of challenges in their community because they are unique because they are unique and i think they are if they can provide how do you call it strong strong nuance that may, in many ways women can do better and reduce some resistance in our community when it come to you know fighting for human rights and particularly women rights so Now, before we before we talk about the Indonesian women ulama, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned the word unique before. What mm-hmm. is it about Indonesian Islam and Indonesian Muslim women? What is it that that's unique about their stories that you think the world need to learn from? When Islam came to Indonesia in in 13th century, we embrace our ancestor embrace a local religion, Buddhism, Hinduism, and so on. And the, the success of Islam, because the way preacher using Islam using local mechanism, the the local culture mechanism, the prayer and the way the ritual that currently used by Indonesian people, Muslim in particularly, that actually resemble with what the Hindu and 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 also Buddhism are doing. So it's it's just the content very different. So because because the the mechanism of prayer are much more similar, so people actually not losing you know the local value. People feel that the 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 values that introduced by Islam is is not going to erode the locality. Therefore, you will see the uniqueness. One is actually the way we interpret religion into our daily life is much more engaged with the local culture if you see my picture for example i am interpreting the hijab they're currently very much in you know in the social media because iran case <laughs> yeah that's actually i want to show to the people that the interpretation of hijab are various there is no single interpretation of hijab and all interpretation exists in indonesia context because we embrace democracy therefore i against any step from the government to formalize the sharia law because it is dangerous it 
it will fall into the adoption only single truth means single interpretation while we are diverse yeah the way indonesian women actually uh, expressing themselves their identity are diverse and it should be accommodated you know under our belief on particular religion because religion to me uh, should focus on the substantial symbolic though i do agree some some uh, some circumstances that we need to use our symbolic thing but But I think in the context of Indonesia, if we only concern on symbolic thing, it will create a new threat for others who are different in understanding certain values. Now, one of the things you mentioned social media before mm. and the pressure that people feel to... You know, to yeah, to follow the single interpretation of mm. Islam, and mm-hmm. so we have been seeing this hijrah movement in yeah. Indonesia yeah. on social media. Young women basically telling other young women how to interpret Islam. I know. What What's your yeah? What's your take on this? Okay, here the social media is kind of uh, we 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 can be enabler for an any movement that already exists at in offline setting. When social media came, and it is it is true, and we have to to acknowledge that the the group which close to fundamentally thinking or even radical, they have been so much concerned that this this technology can help them to spread, you know, and expand their teaching or their belief quickly than before, and I think they did successfully in social media. And others, while and this is my this is my reflection, yeah, for the yeah. group they consider as the moderate or progressive, I think they they are a bit kind of very slow and <laughs> adjusting with the new technology. There are so many barriers among our ama, for example, yeah, doing preaching in in social media, the 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 belief on. This is not humble enough, yeah. This kind of showing her or or himself to the public that's really against the value of humbleness that 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 need to be embraced by religious leader. But other the other other many things there. Not for us maybe as the activists is not so much issue, but for them it is a serious issue. But recently we are happy actually when they are entering social media. If you notice the Instagram uh, Instagram account on mubadala.id that's initiated after the first Indonesia Women Ulama Congress and we came together and said that see we need to have a, a channel that actually promote the the strong argument on women friendly interpretation then mubadala.id came up which aman supporting uh, financially and also leadership in there together with fahmina now become one of uh, an alternative uh, voice in social media to learn about uh, islam in particularly uh, women rights uh, in islam so it contestation uh, currently but we need to have more and more support from different agencies how how our the media the moderate media or the progressive media can survive can also creating more choices 
Now, you have been collecting stories about Indonesian women, mm-hmm. Indonesian uh, female leaders. In 2016, you wrote a book, Mutiara Terpendam. Yeah. Basically about, you know, amazing women in Indonesia who have done amazing works. And you've mentioned mubadala.id. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us another example of a, you know, a progressive female leader in Indonesia who's done something amazing that we can learn from? Yeah. I. If you go to our channel, She Builds Peace Indonesia. Yeah. So the YouTube channel. We... Uh, that's the woman I invited women from grassroots level who done tremendous works on peace building. The reason when I when I came up with this idea is we need to have more stories of grassroots women doing peace building. It is not only ruby hanging at the alley that some people considering at the global level as well, but there are a lot of women actually that we work in our program came up with a strong leadership and they are militant and they're doing a great job in their community, mobilizing empathy, doing dialogue, conciliation, even a woman called women named Roswuri, for example, a female priest that we work together in in Central Sulawesi using abandoned land after the conflict to to plant organic, use as organic farming and they plant vegetable that surviving many people in her village as well as reconcile Muslim and Christians after you know the conflict. So that's also a good example on that. They are like far, far away from Jakarta. How could their stories become heard, you know, being heard and mm. and listened by the people if we are as, you know, organization like us based at the national level, not documenting the story and share to public. So we want to have this is more and more. The books that you refer, that is also initiative to give evidence that There are many women mediators done a good job, yeah, and mm. and because of that, actually our advocacy is ensuring that our government believing on engaging women mediators in the conflict resolution because so much male actors in conflict resolution. So the book actually funded by UNDP in order to show to the government, look. Here are women actually contributing to several, you know, to ending conflict in several areas. So I want to to follow up from that book. So therefore, but now more on on the YouTube channel and and <laughs> chatting with the women coming from a different area, including there is a women from Madura, for example, fighting for ending child marriage. Despite that, we know that Madura culture is so much patriarchal and so much difficult to deal with the structure in the village including the belief on Islam and also the local culture in how do you call it intersection against or permitting child marriage so we need to come up with a very smart way how to against uh, child marriage so this edition is going to launch soon next next month eh? one thing that I've been reading is about how in Indonesia and in many other developing countries the term feminism mm. is often seen as problematic right because it's seen as oh this is a western culture import we don't do feminism in Indonesia but then we hear all these amazing stories what do you think about that what do you think about people who are you know what, what do you think about the term feminism is it useful to use in Indonesia yeah yeah you know th- I think it's been like uh, maybe 
We are a post-colonial uh, society, yeah? So everything like mm. look like uh, strings, <laughs> rejected and, and considered as the West, yeah? So it is very normal. But I think we embrace feminism. The feminis feminism provides us a better lens, better methodology, and better uh, storytelling of all the work relating with uh, women rights, women rights, yeah? Including mm. women rights in Islam. We use also feminism, but not in the public because public is still rejecting the word feminism, Islamic feminism. Is it exist? People always questioning that. But if people looking at in Indonesia, there are a lot of evidence how Islamic feminism created and recreated and continuing from generation to another generation. Let's let let me explore first for feminism. The first time when when we work in 2007, we we really keen to to introduce to our women at the grassroots level about what is feminism is. So we did a puzzle in in one of the class in our program called Women's School for Peace. We currently running 42 Women's School for Peace in different uh, provinces in Indonesia. That's kind of incubator for women leadership at the grassroots level because we need to teach them how the, the new perspective, the leadership and how to be a leader so the community will use them for any purposes whether it is related with administration in the village or it is related with the religious purposes. Doesn't matter at all. So one of the class that we we've, uh, we allow the women to learn about feminism. We did a puzzle and we, we translated what is different feminism. We give a reading to them to read about it and then lets them play with the puzzle and then mix which one is the Marxist feminist, which one is well, feminism, which one is the radical feminism, all of that by reading first. Mm. And then after that, we explain what it means and then giving more knowledge on what is the difference in how about Indonesia. And we explain how, in, how feminism embraced spreading in Indonesia and what it looks like in the context of the work that we are doing in peace building. So we kind of explaining one by one to them to let them understand that when they are realizing that the women, un, women is not single entities, women are diverse. That's already the lens of feminism because with the lens feminism we are able to identify that diversity is uh, within women so that's important because if we are we have recognized diversity within women we are able to recognize each of the unique that women experience and they could contribute to the change in the community and some other thing but 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 of course rejection are still there but the term itself already familiar in academic world and the young people the feminism training everywhere so uh, and accessible of course now even more accessible comparing to when I was uh, when I was youth so uh, more easier for everyone to learn in particularly during COVID-19 is amazing plus okay one 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 side we we said that we 
during the COVID restriction on our mobility, but the others, there is a huge window opening through online that everyone can learn many new knowledge, including about feminism, whether it based on the theory or it is the pragmatical issue, and 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 learning, you know, as much as possible that what's going on in Indonesia, including the Islamic feminism that uh, you know under Kupi become very very much explicit what is it about and what is the methodology and what is the narrative and and how this actually translated into the movement and how it how how the Islamic feminism look like when it comes advocacy and used by activists and so many people so so that's that's mm. just a picture that I want to follow up later on yeah so let's yeah let's talk about the Congress Ulama Perempuan Indonesia the Indonesian Women Ulama Congress so the first one was held in 2017 yes and now you as Asian Muslim Action Network you're involved in doing the second one which is going to be held in November now, what about Asian Muslim Action Network? Mm-hmm. So you're the Indonesian director for it. Can you tell us a bit more about yeah. the network and how is it involved with yeah. the Second Congress? Yeah, we okay. We we have been as a network. Our focus on women, peace, and security eventually need to engage the religious leaders. When it comes obstacle, big obstacle in our society relating with the women leadership, there are so much belief held by community that women leadership is too emotional and it's not proper. Men is much better, and and all of that, including I think the use of identity politics in in our, in the campaign that creating fragmentation in our society and and also the the conflict. So that makes us feel that it is important to engage Kupi. In 2017, we, we, we engaged in the last minute, at the last minute, uh, by asking their permission to have international seminar and brought international actors relating to religious, religion. Yeah? So we invited people from Morocco, eh, no, from Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Kenya, Malaysia, Thailand, and some other uh, Afghanistan, including, to talk about the experience dealing with violent extremism. It was a huge issue in, in 2017 because the more and more recruitment done for young people and also the women to extremist group. And from that, we learned that this is a unique platform of Kupi provide not only just women ulama as they are leader in full, but there are a lot of a lot of activists engaging with this platform and then a lot of education institution as well that's for us is very strategic so therefore when we work closely with with kupi after 2017 we 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 brought our commitment that this network need to be supported as the as the network yeah network working with the network so our commitment is supporting local network, local initiative, and providing support financially too, because because we need to to, to see that more and more a peaceful peace initiative growing in the different layers of our intervention, including I think one of the wing movement that we are investing a lot on is really in Kupi. 
that's actually bring us to the second Congress. We got uh, more commitment. Currently, we invited to be one of the organizer of the of the Congress together with Amina, Rahima, Alimat, and Kusturian. So Aman Indonesia holy mandate to host international conference on the women. So we are going to have the conference, international conference before the Congress. So the reason is, after Kupi, after 2017, Kupi got a lot of invitation around the world. And people feel hopeful by listening about the mandate that Kupi actually has and, and the way Kupi delivering, yeah, delivering the fatwa to the public and the way they convince the policymaker, the public audience about the fatwa uh, and that to me is really unique and, and raise a greater acceptance among the people. So I feel the way they formulate the fatwa is very, very close to, how do you call it, to the peaceful narrative. So I call peaceful narrative because the way they, they the way they wrote a, a fatwa, I give you a, an example just to give you an, an idea. Okay, this is the fatwa that they are going to release in 2022 about female genital mutilation. But the is protecting women from the harm of rounding and cutting of female genitalia. So we don't agree with female genital mutilation. It is still exists in Indonesia, but when we actually Talking to public about this issue, people rejecting because people mm. because people feel that sunat perempuan, for example, is not so much hurt. It's, it's it's it is important to be there to control women's sexuality, and it is good for women. There are so much belief spreading, and the other with the growing of fundamentalism, the sunat perempuan uh, women's circumcision or you call it female genital mutilation is for the purpose of purity to be Muslim. So there are so many misuse under the practices itself. It shouldn't exist in Indonesia or even justified by religious interpretation. So therefore, could be very serious in 2022 is going to to real to 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 do to build argumentation in this particular issue. But they use the new framing in order to create more acceptance among religious leaders who are still believe on Sunat Prabhu. So that is a good example. Mm. Why is it that you think it's important right now in Indonesia that we hear from Islamic women leaders? Mm, one, I can say in the history of Indonesia, the voice of women ulama has been all over the country. If you see the from the history, there are many women leaders in Indonesia recognized by our society and they're contributing a lot to the development, education and even the humanity. And uh, in the Islamic stories, there are many women or figures that already had showing their strong leadership and commitment to build the nation, the you know the humanity, and 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 promote a, a, a good thing, including to make the the voices of women heard during the the prophet. So having them in current situation is important. Learning and listening from them, and even expanding now to the current leaders 
and accept the women leadership will actually create a better process and also the result. I think one of the reasons for my 15 years working in the women, peace, and security, we learned that the women leaders are showing their commitment to peace uh, approach. Uh, many women leaders, they are very much close to the narrative of life. And the women appreciate life more. And the women, that to me, learning from different areas in Indonesia, they want that actually protecting the community. And, and, and they are listening from many groups. So when we work with the women, we are able to listen other stories coming from marginalized groups, like, for example, the disabilities, the elderly group, transgender, and other minorities groups. The, the women love to talk about it because they experience similar discrimination in the different form. So when we work with the women leaders, then we actually able to engage a lot of different actors. Therefore, the program is much more sustainable because public ownership is there and then the support are there. And then, and the network are there. The relation among the actors is much, much more easier to be rich instead of fighting one another. So that is very much in my experience working with the women leaders. Mm. So therefore, I do believe that changing happen in the community when the women role is centralized. So we need to invest more to the women. When women empower, we will see the growing of empowerment inside the family and then that's spreading, you know, in the community. Mm. Now, you sound very hopeful, which is great to hear. But what do you think are some of the challenges that uh, Islamic women leaders are facing right now in Indonesia? The growing of fundamentalism in Indonesia is, is really, I mean, is, is threatening our uh, foundation of Pancasila because people... People have uh, uh, the perspective, the narrow-minded uh, perspective on Islam is uh, spreading. For example, you will see that a lot of regulation currently the Komnas Perempuan, the 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 Women Commission on Anti-Violence Against Women, reported 421 local regulation discriminated against women and minority. In, in a different level, in, including about hijab, yeah, there is a force of wearing hijab in places in Indonesia, of course, Aceh, uh, implementation of Sharia law has become, it's, it's really become a serious challenge for Acehese women, in particularly uh, against freedom of expression. And for the minority, of course, this is a threatening uh, space of uh, freedom of uh, religion because uh, they have a difficulty in dealing with the Sharia law uh, implementation. It's difficult for them to even express as minority in Aceh. Difficult for them to build a church, for example, and difficult for them to express as their own identity. For the women, Muslim women also facing difficulty, yeah, in particular the activists that fighting for women in Aceh have to deal with a lot of bias perspective inside the regulation. Regulation contradictory with the national regulation that trying to focus in protecting the, the victim. On the other hand, when we see in Aceh, some of the local regulation is very much loose and, 
and victimize the victim. So the sorry, criminalize the the victim in the one mm. side and difficult and a lot of stereotyping and also fear for uh, uh, threaten the human rights defenders, particularly women human rights defenders that's demanding justice and trying to do the best surviving and negotiating under Sharia law. But still, the implementation is worse because it's only commit uh, the justice only for the elite poor and for the people at the grassroots level we're still finding a lot of victims not getting access to this in particular victim of gender-based uh, violence in Aceh yeah? mm. and other places mm, I think hijab is one of uh, big issue currently of course we are still facing other issues relating with domestic workers protection we, we are currently advocating the parliament that the parliament should pass the bill on domestic workers for the full protection on domestic workers within the country as well as to improve Indonesia diplomacy in overseas relating with the domestic workers. A lot of things still going on in Indonesia. <laughs> <laughs> lots of yes. lots of work for you. Um, but yes. what what keeps you what keeps you inspired? Then it seems like those are big challenges. <laughs> what keeps you inspired in doing this work? Okay, I think because I work closely with women at the grassroots level, that actually give me a lot of so much energy. When people got desperate, I see some hope. I see the women joining in Women's School for Peace, changing the attitude, the, the, the way they're thinking, and they really do, you know, a, a transformation in their family. And I know it's not perfect, they are also learning like me, but Changing is there, is, is, is really happening, and I'm witnessing it. Therefore, I got so much energy. If you see our channel on YouTube, She Builds Peace Indonesia, for example, you will see like kind of hope under mm. depressive situation currently at the national level, yeah, despite our elite do political, politicking, you know, and many issues. But at the Gusset level, we, we still find there are so much uh, space that people waiting for us to be uh, engaged into the process mm. of transformation. Other thing that I that keep me strong is, I think, the growing Kupi movement. Yeah? There are so much Pesantren and also Islamic State University committed to apply Kupi methodology that friendly to the uh, women and 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 keeping doing uh, uh, a lot of you know uh, uh, seminar and and also conference the new lands women friendly interpretation so i still i do believe i do believe that we are under making in in progressive in progress we are in progress i i want to say but mm national level grappling with the politician with a lot of national issues that hindering the progress at the local level therefore why we work directly with the local government and bridging the from national to the local level when dealing with women peace and security or even dealing with preventing violent extremism is because i witnessed that the way government running program is too narrow and too silo and then we feel that it is important for civil society really to closely in different 
level of decision making and mm. i witnessed some government also changing so so i think this thing that make me feel like okay i am feeling exhausted and feeling tired <laughs> about this work but i when when i when i see some changes happening and i feel like i got new energy and i think why not we continue making making continue change yeah because we don't know when indonesia could reach the golden year that we enjoy full of freedom of expression and freedom of religion but comparing to other countries in southeast asia i think i i am I'm still enjoying some civics left within a lot of difficult thing now. <laughs> well, thank you very much for all your work and your time. Is there anything else that you would like to add? No, I just want to end to announce that registration for the second Indonesia Women Ulama Congress is open now and we are very pleased to invite everyone to join with the Congress. We have two event international conference where all of you welcome. Indonesia also still with the organizer trying to to serve the best but if you can come by your own financial support we are happy to host <laughs> you here in Indonesia and joining with the conference and also the congress you will witness the historian where ulama developing the fatwa and you are part of the process so i don't think you can find in other country but let's join the coup, the second kupi on 23 to 26 November. Thank you very much. I'm very much looking forward to the congress as well. And uh, you too, yeah, thank you, you very can much. join too. And yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll try to come. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you very much, Ruby. Thank you so much.